Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Be, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. We've got a great episode for you here today. I'm interviewing Courtney Miracle. She's co-founder of the Shift Project and CrossFit Surge, aka coach of all things. She really does all things, folks. We just had a great discussion. So hey, Courtney, how are you? Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Hello, I'm great. How are you? Amazing. She really does do all things, folks. Um, Once we go through kind of her timeline and story, you're, you're going to see that as things have unfolded and shifted and changed in her own life, um, she's done a plethora of things to really help understand how to get others to where they want to go. So the most thing that stood out to me, Courtney, was when you had said, um, the gym is the easy part. And you guys, we're going to talk today about how the gym really is the easy part. She and I both come from personal training backgrounds, group fitness, all that kind of stuff, and have also shifted to include parts of life coaching, um, food and body coaching, all different kinds of coaching um, to help people get a more holistic view on their life. So we're going to talk about how the gym is the easy part, and then I'm going to ask Courtney to dive into some happiness hacks, some of those simple shifts, since she does have the shift project. We're going to just get right into it. So Courtney, why don't you give, the viewers are used to hearing about people's kind of junk to joy story. So I know that you've gone through food and body stuff and a bunch of other stuff. So why don't you give them kind of the bird's eye view as to kind of where the junk was and how we made the shift to kind of the joy part of things. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you for that. So um, my story with food and body started when I was probably 16. Um, My best friend and I used to see how little food we can eat, we could eat. Um, which was, you know, we were both really high level soccer players and it was not good for us, but it was like, how little can we be? How little can we eat? Um, led to a fairly full on eating disorder that nobody knew about. I held it, I hit it very well. I uh, went to college and um, literally there was like a secret bathroom that I would throw up after dinner every night. Nobody knew, like, I'm still really close to my college roommates, and I, I had lunch with them, one of them a couple weeks ago, and she's like, how did I not know that? And I'm like, because they didn't want you to know. And then, um, you know, so I was at college, I was so afraid of getting the freshman 15, um, went through that whole scenario, had a really scary wake-up call, I went to the dentist, um, I'd been throwing up pretty consistently for about a year and a half, and I had 17 cavities um, that were all, yeah, all between my teeth. And that really kind of scared me into stopping. Um, and so kind of got out of that, um, went on, met, met a guy my freshman year of college, got married super young. Um, fast forward five, seven years, I can't remember, seven years, I was 27. Um, went through a divorce, um, but all, and I had, had stopped throwing up, that stuff was gone, but I was still over-restricting, over-exercising, over still very obsessive about it, never happy in my body. 
um, went through a divorce. The, the bulimia came back, mm-hmm. um, kind of went, you know, did the whole ups and downs. Everything got better. Got divorced, met my new husband, uh, my current husband, my new husband, my forever husband, <laughs> um, when I was 32, and he introduced me to CrossFit. And so at that point, I was a fairly competitive triathlete, but I was really bored, and I was overtrained, and I was grossly underfed, and I like I just never looked the way I thought I wanted to look. Mm. Um, and so we started CrossFitting, and I had a I had a major shift in that when I was CrossFitting it was about being strong and healthy and there were no mirrors and I couldn't see myself when I was working out. And so all of a sudden it shifted from what my body looked like to what my body could do. Mm. Um, and I had this massive shift and, and, you know, and he was super healthy and we were eating well together and it didn't feel like it was a negative thing anymore. Mm. And it was like, well, if I eat sugar, my workout's not going to go well. So I naturally just stopped having a lot of those restrictions um we got married well we opened a gym four months after we met each other um so that was <laughs> what a way to meet what a way to really learn each you know get to know each other let's oh, let's start a business <laughs> yeah, this will be fine i mean it was it was pretty crazy it was amazing and we literally wouldn't tell people how long we'd been together because they're like oh my god join your gym this thing's getting good like you guys are gonna break up and you're gonna go out of business <laughs> For 10 years or almost 10, May 22nd will be 10 years. So, oh, congratulations. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So, we started the gym. The gym is amazing. Um, we got married. So, we started the gym in 2012. We got married. No, gym opened in 2010. We got married in 2012. Um, we got pregnant like a month into being married, um, which was amazing because in my earlier life, when I was not healthy, I couldn't have kids. Like, we tried all the things, we couldn't have kids. Wow. Yet again, you go back to everything's happening for you in perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Um, got pregnant right away. Had my oldest um, in July of 2013. And then my little one we had in December of 2015. Through all of that, all the eating dis- disorder stuff was fine. I was actually amazingly okay with my body during pregnancy. Um, and then life got crazy. Our, our building got sold. They tripled our rent. We had to learn marketing all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. That's a whole <laughs> other <down>. beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it was good. It's been an amazing like three years of growth, but led us down a path of of putting people on six week challenges, shifting the focus of the gym from um, helping people just be fit and happy and focusing on performance to focusing on weight loss, um, which worked and we we helped a ton of people, um, but it didn't work long term. And so people would come in, they'd get amazing results, they they lose all this weight in in six weeks, and then they would pretty much quit. And you know, and there's and not to say everyone did most of them, you know, they would, they would do all these things and they'd get what they thought they wanted and then they would fall off. And so, um, that sent me kind of back into my own struggle, which led me to hunger for happiness, which is how you and I know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I came to this conclusion that I still had unhealed stuff that I needed to, un, that I needed to work on, work through. Um, but I also felt like to be a really, uh, a coach that was actually changing people's lives. I needed to learn what was going on with the people on a very deeper level. So like why, when they lost 30 pounds, did they never come back to the gym? Right. Because they were happy or they seemed happy and healthier and that's what they thought they wanted. And then they just go back to what they were doing. And I was like, I have to figure out why they're doing this and how I can actually help them with that. Um, 
And, so, and I know from, from my personal experience, I wanted to not only do that for my clients, but the only thing that I knew how to do for myself was to shift my diet and shift my fitness. But I always knew that there was a bigger, deeper calling within my soul, that there had to be a way to shift at a deeper level. And so I wanted to learn how to do that for myself. And I got into the program to be the guinea pig, quite honestly. Yeah. I'm like, is this even possible? Which is where I really want our listeners to listen close because you hear life coaches, food and body coaches, slowly starting to make their way back or make their way into this mainstream piece of things, right? But everybody's kind of like, ah, I'm going to tread lightly on this. What is a life coach? What is a food and body coach? Is it going to work? And so I dove I dove straight in, gave up fitness, and I did a whole other podcast on this one of how I gave up the gym and my nutrition planning for over a year just to prove to people that this internal work is so possible. And I love where our conversation is going to come full circle here um, because you, you and I both started in the gym. I just wanted to shift and change people's lives and make them feel more confident and more beautiful in their bodies, which is why I got into fitness. But then the more I got into fitness and realized that I had gotten to my lowest weight, my lowest body fat percentage in a healthy way. Um, I, I, I never went as far as to anorexia, but I did restrict a lot of calories, not to an unhealthy space, but a very um, extreme space. And um, I overexercised. So that wasn't doing me any good either. But even at that low, low weight and that 10% body fat, I was not happy, which is what you were just describing is you would take people and in six weeks, six weeks, get them the exact results that you promised losing 25 to 30 pounds, and then they'd walk away from your gym. See you later, not come back. So why? Tell us more, keep going. Yeah, and, and that was me too. I mean, and, and that was exactly what happened to me because I was telling these people like, you gotta go super strict for six weeks. You have to do all these things because it worked. And so I started doing that. And I legit got like, again, leaner, you know, strong. And I got stronger, like, you know, and so all these things were happening and I got more and more upset about what I saw in the mirror. Because I, I wasn't any happier. I was less happy because I wasn't enjoying my life. I was not having time with my friends and my family. And I was like, this, this isn't working. So this is what I thought I wanted and it's not working. And so, and I, and I joined Hunger for Happiness. I was like, I have to figure this out for myself. Because I, I was 25 years into this disordered eating habits. Yep. Um, not an eating disorder, but disordered eating at, at that point and a disordered um, body image so much. I mean, it's funny because now I go back and look at the pictures and I'm like, why wasn't I happy? Like what, you know, like why didn't I see what other people saw? Mm-hmm. So um, as I went into my own journey, I mean, the, the revelations I had in the first couple weeks, you know, the first two months of, of doing the inner work, everything shifted. And I did, I did what you did. I didn't give up the gym because the gym for me at that point was just a happy place like that. I just, I feel good when I work out. I like to work out. So I ha- I stayed with that because that part was, that was a healthy place. I didn't need to heal. Um, but I stopped counting macros and they stopped. And that was like, oof, talk about untethering. I mean, I had counted calories or macros or something for every day of my life, other than when I wasn't pregnant. And um, it was very weird. And, and my body didn't actually change as much as I thought it might. I mean, I might've had a little fluctuation, but I've weighed myself now in two and a half years. And I same, was a- same. I, I, I got rid of it all. I got rid of all of it. And, and just to be clear too, I gave up weight training because for me, I, 
knew how to do it so well that I would try to push and push and push and push myself. And I loved it. But what I decided to do was just start waking up and asking my body what it, how it wanted to move. And I fell in love with walking. And I used to be an over-exerciser, so half marathons, marathons, but that was a very addictive pattern. I was addicted to exercise and over-exercise and it over-consumed me. So I decided to really give it a rest and I gave up that, but I did not give up movement. I did not give up. I went on walks and walks and walks and not over-exercising walks. I would let myself walk for an hour and enjoy the scenery and then I would come home. So it was just a very different space. It was a very, very different space until I healed all those parts. And we'll get to this, but you and I both now have a very healthy relationship to the movement exercise that we act, that we really love. I mean, you, you carried that through. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing for me, and I'm sure this happened for you and we talked about that a little bit before we got on here is the intention changed, right? Like when the intention shifted from, and my big switch was when I realized I spent my whole life trying not to hate my body Mm -hmm. versus actually trying to love my body and love my life. I was like, oh, and like, because to me, the actions actually were exactly the same, but the feeling and the intention were, um, were a hundred percent different. And I was like, oh, this is my choice because I love what I feel like when I work out and I love pushing myself and I love competition. And Mm. oh, guess what? When I eat more vegetables, I feel better, right? Versus like, you have to go eat this many vegetables. And so for me, the intention was so incredibly different. Um, and I stopped obsessing about the scale and about what, what I looked like. And I just, like, I just decided I got to be, and for me, I had to prove to myself that I could trust myself, which I think is probably where a lot of your listeners are, is that we've taught ourselves that we can't trust ourselves because we do super strict diets and then we fall off and then we do. And so we are in this pattern of, we can't trust ourselves. And so I decided I was just going to figure out how to trust myself. And when I pulled when I pulled the magnifying glass away from like just those two pieces of my life, I was sort of like, wow, there's a whole lot of life over here that I've been never, that I haven't looked at at all. And so when I got to see those bigger pieces, I was like, I had a very incredibly intelligent brother. And so I realized all of my stuff, all of my stuff here per se, came from the fact that my brother is incredibly smart and growing up, my best friend was incredibly beautiful. And in my eyes, in my story, I created that I would never be as smart as him or as pretty as her. So I was chasing perfection. Mm-hmm. And literally just realizing that and going, that's not even true, right? Like, that's probably not even true, nor how anyone else saw it. It allowed me to go, well, what do I want for my life? And what does that look like? And, and, and oh my God, I get to be happy right now in this body even if my legs aren't perfect and my skin will never be perfect because I had a baby when I was 38, it doesn't matter and nobody cares. And, and like, I got to the point where, like you said, the awareness piece of, I got out of the bottle and I'm sure you had this too. Like I got out of the bottle of the struggle and now it's like, I can see the cellulite on my legs and I still don't like it, but I just move on. I, I'm like, Oh, that's uh, well, whatever. You know? <laughs> yes. It doesn't like stop me in my tracks and maybe write down all the ways I'm going to restrict myself and over-exercise and what exercise do I need to do to target that thing. It's just like, well, I still don't love that and I don't have to love it, but it doesn't affect how I show up in my day. It doesn't affect the kind of parent I am. It doesn't, it doesn't affect any of those things. And I think that's the biggest difference of like just accepting it Mm -hmm. and then doing things from an intention of love and awareness 
changed everything. And that's so beautiful. Cause a lot of people get stuck in that mind, the mindset of acceptance equals complacency. So if I accept that, that this is fine, my body right now that I don't like is, is good. If I accept it where it's at, that means I'm going to stay stuck in this. And the reality is it's just not true. It's just not true. The moment we actually can look at ourselves in the mirror and go, okay, I can accept where I'm at. Then we can take, start taking actions from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, I mean, part of our, we'll talk about my, about my shift program, but there's three parts. And the first part is downshift. Like you have to get out of the bottle. You have to create awareness. You have to stop doing the things you're doing and, and go deeper into what's happening. And like, once you do that, then you can decide where you want to go. Right. So we do downshift and then cruise and cruise is three or four months of just noticing and awareness. And what are you thinking? What are your patterns? What are your stories? What are your beliefs? Just being in that and then we take people into um, into Accelerate, which is inspired action, right? So now you know who you want to be, what do you get to do every day? And, and when we come from that intention, um, I think one of my favorite sayings is that fear pushes you until your vision pulls you. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that vision of yourself and your life and all of the things, you're like, well, it's easy because, you know, and you and I talked about this, but I came from the hustle and the push and the go and it had to be hard. Like, exercise had to be hard. Nutrition had to be hard. The harder it was, the more successful it would mean I would be. And, and then when I got out of that and it was like, oh, it can be flowy and it can be easy. And I'm doing things because I get to, and I want to, not because I have to, um, everything changed. And I was like, I get to be happy right now. And when you said that, when the acceptance piece, it's so funny because I literally had a conversation with a client last night. I was like, we have to accept where we are before we get there. Like, you're not going to go from I hate my body to I love my body tomorrow. It doesn't work. You have to come to the middle and be like, okay, this is where I am. And it's okay not to love it. And it's okay to shift it from a good place. And I had a morning where I, I don't sleep very well. I do sleep well. I just wake up really early. Like I could write blog posts and whatever at 2 a.m. Um, <laughs> but it's because I go to bed. I envy you. <laughs> I'm such a morning person. Like past 7 p.m. I'm worthless. But I get up every day at about 3.15 because I do my morning routine and then I coach and whatever. And I remember I'd done this amazing meditation and I took a shower and I was in my kid's bathroom because my husband was sleeping. And I opened the curtain and I looked at myself and I had no reaction. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just nothing. And I was like, that's what I've been searching for my entire life. And I didn't know that's what I was searching for. But I was like, I just it was just, I was just who I was. And I was like, Oh my God, that's all I've been searching for. And so, and it was funny because I like wanted to explain it to people and I couldn't come up with the words. It was just the feeling that there was Mm. no, there was no judgment. It was just acceptance. Like you are you. And it's literally like, I love that so much, Courtney, because it's literally just your body. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) it's just, we've heard our coach say this over and over and over again. It's literally just this container, this vessel for everything else that's within us, for everything else, for everything else. And so I think that that's a good transition to kind of slide into this, this discussion around you guys were all in all CrossFit, just like me, all online personal training, knowing that there's so much more. So how do we include all parts of us? How do we know that, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to nourish our bodies. It's okay to have nutrition, proper nutrition. It's okay to go to the gym and it's okay and necessary. So all these pieces are not only okay, all these pieces are necessary to make up 
all the pieces of this being, all of the pieces of this vessel, external and internal, that serve us from a much higher place. But how do we shift into that space to include all of those things and not just hyper-focus on one? Yeah, and that, I think, I think that's the biggest and the coolest thing was for us then, the shift project was born and, and it was literally you know, we're like, we in our own right had looked at nutrition and exercise with a magnifying glass for so many years. And all of a sudden I was like, but I wasn't feeling anything, right? And, and the mindset side, it was like, just be tougher than all the things. And so, you know, we worked with clients on, on the nutrition and, and the movement and they, they got results, but they weren't, they still weren't happy and they weren't where they wanted to be. And then I worked with clients and just the emotional side they still physically didn't feel the way they wanted to feel. They didn't have the energy they wanted to feel. They didn't, they still didn't love the way their clothes fit. Um, and we had just, just mindset stuff. And so we got to this point where it was like, I can't coach any of this without coaching all of it. And so, mm. you know, we, that was kind of how the shift project was born. And then we realized that there's, you know, it's commitment. So we have sixties and every time I try to list them off, I'll forget one. But so we realized like, you have to have courage and you have to be committed daily to your actions and to your goals and to your why. Um, and you have to be, so courage, commitment, congruent. And that was a big thing for us was you have to have congruency in all parts of your life, because if you're going all in on one side, it means you're neglecting something else. And so how can you be congruent is what's the best version of you and what are the things you have to do to get there? Right. So on a physical, mental, spiritual, you know, and so we sort of talk about the whole human approach because you are all parts. And so, mm. so we've really found a way to, to help our clients understand, like, if, if, having the most energy on a physical, spiritual, emotional level is what we're going for, then how do we maximize all of these pieces, right? So what does it feel like for you to be the most nourished version of yourself, right? Because how you nourish your body and how I nourish mine might be totally different. Yep. So with our clients, we're like, let it be a science experiment. Try some stuff and see. I don't have the answers, right? Like we talk about that all the time with our coaches, as coaches. I'm like, I don't know the answers for you, but my goal is to ask you good questions and give you some ideas so that you can figure it out. Right? Because me telling you what to do does you no good, right? It doesn't do my clients any good. It doesn't help anyone. Like they need to discover it. And so I, I couldn't agree more. I use the example um, uh, of a football coach. My boyfriend's obsessed with football. And so I use the, the analogy of the coach gives you the plays that they know. I've yeah. learned a lot of plays. There are so many plays in this playbook that are winning plays, but it depends on all the different things, the other team, external things, right? In our lives, yeah. the internal things, how I'm feeling, my motivation, my drive. All, it, it, I, as the coach, have so many plays for you, but we've got to be, be that science experiment. We've got to run the different plays until we see what gets you the touchdown. And the yeah. touchdown, it's going to be different every time. Not, not every single time, but yeah. we've got to find what works for you. And I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I always tell my clients, I'm like, every morning, ask yourself the question, what is the most nourished version of me feel like? Right. Mm. Do I have energy? Am I excited? Am I happy? Right. Like, again, I always seemed happy, but I wasn't happy. And so getting people to be like, what do, what do you do that makes you feel energized and excited? Like, yes. how do you show up as that person? And then, you know, same thing with movement. Yes, we want a CrossFit gym. Do I think everyone should CrossFit? No, I actually don't, right? Like, find what works for you that works in your lifestyle that makes you feel good, that makes you happy, right? Like, find more of the things that feel expansive and do them more. And if it feels contractive, don't do it, right? Like, you know, and so I, I realized through my journey, my biggest um, value is freedom. Mm -hmm. um, which is ironic because I literally my entire life gave myself rules. So I, <laughs> Me too. And I was like, 
all I was chasing was freedom, but I was giving myself. So anyway, so that's my big thing with our clients is like, what makes you feel good? Chase what feels good. Not what you think you're supposed to do. Not what, you know, YouTube says you're supposed to do, but what actually makes you feel good and yes. is sustainable and feels easy. Right. And, and I remember when we started, um, you know, our mentor saying like, oh, it can be easy. And, and I remember literally <laughs> thinking, well, that's not true. Like none of this can be easy. And then it started becoming easy. And so we, we give them tools and strategies for them to discover how do they make these shifts. Right. And we're, we're huge. You know, it's the shift project. It's like, it's little tiny things every day. It's the compound effect, right. That add up. It's not going all in and yes. all out because that's what we saw so many people do. I'm going to go all in for six weeks and then I'm going to go all out. And I'm like, well, that's just, that's making it worse. So right. what if we went slower and what if we figured out why you eat the chocolate cake? Well, just stop eating the chocolate cake. You won't have to push it away. You just won't want to choose that, you know, as often. And when you do choose it, you get to be happy about choosing it and you get to not feel guilty and you get to, you know, and so for us, we have a, we have a program that we walk people through. Um, we have a, it sort of came about randomly, I guess, if people just needed it and started doing it. So we do a 10 day reset where a lot of people come into the program because they want the nutrition piece and it's all about gut health and how you get your body to actually absorb nutrition. But then in those 10 days, we like fire hose them with all the emotional mindfulness presence, all of that stuff. That's <laughs> um, beautiful. It's all inclusive. Exactly. So that they start to go, oh, maybe there's more to this. And then, you know, it's just for us, it's just a process of peeling back in a loving way and going, well, what do you want in your life? How would that feel? You know, versus again, like the hustle and flow. And, and like I said, I have a, with my one-to-one -one clients, I call it flow, but it's, it's, it's learning in your own life. What does it feel like to wake up happy and just know that that's your, that's your right. Mm -hmm. And you get to show up however you want. And that when your intention is to be the best version of yourself, nothing has to be hard anymore. And, and it doesn't have to be restrictive and it gets to be easy. And, um, yeah, it's just been, like I said, it's sort of, sort of been an unfolding process for us as we've meshed the two worlds. Um, but well, like what you said earlier for, for most people, I'm like, showing up to the gym and hanging out with friends and doing a workout. Like that's actually the easy part. It's the hard part when you go home and you have life and kids and stress and hustle and jobs. Like that's the hard part, like showing up here and getting an hour to yourself. That's actually the really easy, fun part. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so true. It's why um, I will, I, I hate to use names, uh, names and, and brands and things on the podcast. Um, but there's a TV show out there that puts you on a ranch for a couple of weeks away from all the distractions and all the external things. And you wonder why when all they do for 10 hours a day is move their body and not have to focus on any of the internal emotional things, why their shift and change. And then they go home and they gain the majority of that weight back because we haven't gotten to the root cause. We've right. removed all the external things that are driving the overeating yeah. instead of getting to the root cause of what's actually going on in my life every single day and how now instead of reacting to my life yes how can i respond to my life in a way that nourishes me that serves me that allows me to be my highest authentic version of myself in every moment if i choose that yeah it and doesn't that mean that i'm an angel and that i do it right every time <laughs> it it means that i've I'm so much more awakened and aware now 
that I have the opportunity to respond versus just go off and, and be crazy. When you were talking about the chocolate cake, I was thinking, not only do I want it or not want it, I've gotten to the point now, and this goes for the movie theater. I used to just like eat that popcorn as fast as I could until it was gone before the movie even started. And now it's like, I just like go to the movie and eat one kernel at a time. And then sometimes I put the, put it, put it down, put the thing down later in the movie. If I want more, I pick it back up and it's a totally different movie experience just to do that or cut myself a piece of the chocolate cake. And I get halfway through and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually full and Uh it's still going to be there tomorrow and I can have it tomorrow. Yeah. I can, that I can was, have it every day. <laughs> that was the craziest thing. Cause for me, when, you know, I'd had disordered eating for so long and people had always said like, it's about control. And, and I never got that. I was like, how is it about control? I have no control. But what I realized, and we teach a lot on the six human needs was that in my life, cause I saw the patterns of when it got worse, it was my need for certainty. And so if I could control that one thing, because it got really bad when we had no certainty about whether we were going to get to stay in our building, what was going to happen to our business. I, in some weird way, if I, if my macros were right on, I had certainty. And so, and then I also knew that, okay, on these days, this is how I eat. And then, like you said, if it was Saturday, I'm going to have chocolate cake, but I mean, I have to eat all of the chocolate cakes. This is the only time I can have it. Right. And so then I would like overeat and feel terrible. And once I took away those, those rules, same thing, I'd be like, I can have two bites and then be okay with it. And I was like, wow, that is the craziest thing that I can actually trust myself when I took away the rules. And when I actually realized what I was trying to gain from what the eating disorder was serving in my life. Um, and then when you, like for me, when we talk about like the happiness hacks and we'll get into that, but that was one of the big shifts was just a morning routine. I mean, that was mm-hmm. night and day game changer. I'm sort of like, crazy with people. I'm like, you need to have a morning routine because for me, when I created a morning routine, that gave me my need for certainty in a way that aligned with who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. And I got to create those feelings and create them every day and not have to control them because I was creating them. Mm -hmm. Everything shifted. And I could let, I could let the macros go and I could let the scale go because I replaced them with something else. And I think so often people try to change behaviors and they just try to like take them out of their life, but they don't realize it's a need. And if they don't replace it with something that is aligned with themselves, it just comes back. And that's what that for me changed. Everything was the awareness of what I was actually searching for through the restrictive dieting, right? And it goes both ways. Like if you're eating the cake to meet those needs or you're not eating the thing to meet those needs, it's the same, it's the same issue. It just Mm -hmm. manifests itself differently. So that was so good. So good. I love the happiness hacks. Let's, let's shift gears. The shift program talking about the shift program. It's such an appropriate (laughs) name. I love it so much. Um, morning routine is, is one of my biggies too. And I can feel my, my body and my mind and everything falls out of alignment when I don't continue the practices that I'm used to doing. And it's not just workouts, you guys, it's not just, and I don't call it workout workouts anymore. I actually call it movement. I think it's really important for me. Um, I still do this. I still ask my body what it needs. And now it's actually asking for the thing that I had given up for a year. It wants back. It wants strength training back in from a place of love. It's like, oh man, Heidi, it felt so good when we did those things. Let's do more of that. And when it shifts out of that, I'll replace it with stretch 
stretch or yoga. And when it shifts out of that, I'll, I'll, yesterday I did Zumba for the very first time ever in my life. I was like, my body just feels like it needs to dance. Yeah. Let's, yeah. So I joined, you know, so many people are doing free online things right now. And yes, so yes. I'm like, if you're ever looking to try something new, do it now while people are discounting, while people are giving you things out there. You know, like I've got coaching that's extremely discounted right now. And we're all just doing things to help out the overall energy of the collective. But that morning routine is so key. And there's so many things that go into it. What's another happiness hack after morning routine that you've got? Um, I think, you know, like I said, it's, it's asking the question of how I want to feel today, right? Mm. Like what's my intention for the day? Because if you ask that, then that's what you're going to chase. And if you just, just like you said earlier, if you have no intention in your day, you just react to the day and all of a sudden it's nine o'clock and you're like, well, I was just distressed. I was a stressed out mess today. But yes. if you're like, I don't want to feel at the end of the day. And then you do things towards that. So, you know, that's one of the questions I always ask myself in my morning routine. Um, honestly, like it sounds so silly, but just smile, like just, just smile, make yourself just smile and it will change your state. Like you can instantly change your state by smiling, right? I love that. I love that hack so much. I used to, when I used to do half marathons and marathons, my running coach would say, Heidi, if you can smile, you're not dead. He's like, just if, if you can smile, you can keep going because you're breathing and you can, like, if you can reach those corners of your lips up towards your eyebrows, you can keep going. And the moment that you can't just stop and walk. Yeah. And so I would literally try to smile and I would be like so angry, but I could smile and I'm like, okay, I can keep going now. And I, I think if we that. use that, if you can, if you can get into a smile state, you can keep going. Yeah. And that yeah. can go at, during your work day. That can be when your kid is throwing a temper tantrum. That can be when you get in a fight with your significant other. That can be when your dog chase, chases itself to a squirrel down the block, whatever it is. If you can just stop and get into a smile state, yeah. what a beautiful happiness hack. So good. I love that. It's funny too, because I was, I came from the running world and <laughs> whenever I would do races, like if there were people cheering, my goal is to high five as many people as I could because I instantly smiled when I did that. And I was like, oh, I'm good, right? It took my mind off it, but it was also like, okay, I'm fine. This is a choice, right? Yes. Um, so smiling, um, what you just actually said about stop, just stop and breathe, right? I mean, I, I'm also a breathwork facilitator and I think just giving yourself the, the, the gift of being present, which usually means stopping, right? Stop for two minutes, be with your kids, look outside, look at the beauty of the what's going on. I mean, I think right now in this COVID-19 shutdown, we all feel like there's this heavy, heavy energy. And it's like, but what if you just go look outside? Because probably right now in your backyard, everything looks fine, right? Mm. You can't, you can't see that. And so can you just take a breath? Can you be in your body? Can you, can you thank your body and, and, and your scenario for the moment you have? And if you can just do that, your whole life will start to seem slower and less crazy and less hustle and and I honestly think hustle is like the death of happiness <laughs> that word actually really triggers me <laughs> hustle is hurtful not helpful yeah. like yeah. it is hurtful not helpful we've got to slow down and I know that we are conditioned and programmed to hustle for our worth and mm -hmm. to do more doing more means being more in our jobs and life and so many things and that's just not true either so I love the stopping and breathing I take three breaths and that's literally, it's just like, 
<sighs> three breaths. That's it. Yeah. And because for, for some people, breath work is a lot, but you guys, it's, it's a game changer. You need to jump on the breath work train, call, follow Courtney, call Courtney, get more <laughs> of it in your life. I totally believe in it. I'm becoming a facilitator right now myself, but I'm not, it's, it's just not going to be there for a little while. Um, <laughs> but just even, even the morning, Part of my morning routine is five gratitude breaths. Before I get up out of bed, it's five gratitude breaths. And then throughout the day, as the day unravels and reveals some interesting things my way, sometimes it's like, ah, um, it's like, okay, just stop and take three breaths. We all have time to do, do that. We all have time to do that. So I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah. Did I give you five? I think you need one more. So I think my last one is honestly, I feel like the world is in overwhelm. And so it's the, I got to do all the things today. Right. And so for me, it's every morning, just three things that you're going to, that you get to do today, whether that's for your work, whether it's for how you're going to move your body, how you're going to nourish yourself, whatever, just do three. Mm -hmm. And then if you have time and space for more, do more. Right. But I feel like the whole world gets in these lists of 20,000 things and I still catch myself doing it. I got to do all these things today. And it's like, there's no possible way I'm going to get all of that done. So we always feel um, unsuccessful at the end of the day, which brings you, like that takes away your joy. It takes away your happiness. And so if you can say, these are my three things I'm going to get done. And then you actually give yourself credit and feel proud for getting them done. You'll again, intentionally do more. Like the intention will take you to do more. It's not that you're intentionally doing more, but just give yourself three things to do and then be proud of yourself for doing it. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to give you an extra one because this is my favorite thing. End of the day, every day, um, say out loud three things that you're proud of yourself for. Mm. I do this with my kids. We do gratitude and proud of, but as we've worked with our clients, we ask them what they're proud of. And it is so shocking how many people can't tell you they're, they're not proud of themselves because they're trying to get to that place. And they're not present with like, well, that was really good. I'm really, really proud of myself for doing that. So find pride in the present moment and, and honor yourself for the growth that you're having. And that's, that's our big thing with shift, right? It's little shifts every day. It's not this massive takedown of all the things you want to change in your life, but just slowly every day showing up for yourself in six months, you're going to be a totally different person. Ah. Uh. This is so good. This is seriously, seriously so good. I love everything that you guys are doing. I love everything that you shared. I am going to close this out on two questions that I always ask my, uh, my interviewees. And the first one is, what do you love most about yourself? Hmm. What do I love most about myself? I think my smile. Um, honestly, like I just, I... I've heard that so much in my life, like your smile is infectious and I just, I like to smile and it makes me happy and I think it brings joy to other people. So it certainly <laughs> does. If you guys could see her, she has like perfect teeth and a perfect <laughs> smile. So <laughs> it's don't amazing. Know, like this one's crooked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> perfection, perfection. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last question that I ask everybody is what does joy feel like? Hmm. It feels expansive. It feels light. Like it feels like it radiates out of you. Right. It's how I feel right now. Like this has been amazing mm -hmm. connecting. It just, it just feels like the way we're supposed to feel and the way that we all want to feel. Yes. So good. It's my favorite question of the whole thing. Is, <laughs> I, is, I love uh, that. 
because oh, I can feel it inside. So thank you so much for spending time here. Oh, and before we jump off, all of her info, Courtney's information is going to be in the show notes. But just in case, where should people follow you? Where should they find you right now? Um, so I'm actually most active on Facebook. I say it's because I'm quote unquote old. <laughs> <laughs> 43. I'm like, oh, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, but I definitely do more um, on Facebook. So uh, just Courtney Miracle. I think it's CL Miracle on Facebook is my personal page. I have a business page. There's not as much there, but on Instagram, it's Courtney.Miracle um, or thehappinessendeavor.com is my website. Beautiful. You guys go get more Courtney in your life. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!